Welcome to the Relax It's Retirement Podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Relax It's Retirement podcast with your host, Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Josh. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I am hanging in there. It is football season. It is football season. I would say it's also apple picking season here in Southwest Michigan. Oh, you like apple picking more than you like football? I can't necessarily say that that's true, but it is a popular activity and a good way to get outside, you know, as swimming and those sort of fun summer activities are coming to an end. And Southwest Michigan is like the second largest fruit growing region in the United States. So we have tons of fresh fruit here. Okay. Well, speaking of fruit, can you harvest the fruit of volatility? I like that transition, Wendy. You saw where I was going with it. We're in sync. (laughs) We're in simpatico. We've we've been doing this long enough now, I think. We can see it. Maybe too long. (laughs) (laughs) So So that's it. Today, we'll talk about harvesting the fruit of volatility. So under the same idea of, you know what, in the fall here, it's a better time to eat apples because that's the fresh local fruit. So eating the fruit that's in season, hey, when the market's overly volatile, how can we take advantage of that? And what can we do to avoid costly mistakes as well? Okay. So we're going to be talking about what you're calling ultra rich strategies. Does that mean that if we follow these, we're going to be ultra rich? You could. It might help build the wealth, which is the ultimate goal. But a lot of these strategies are those that the ultra rich are using to maintain and continue to grow wealth. As well. Oh, that's a promise that I see falling flat now, now that you actually described what it But I I think, Wendy, for most of us, for most of us average folks, we are guilty of kind of just reading the headline news, right? And many times the headline news is all gloom and doom, right? It's the whole world's ending. We need to do something drastically different every day and everything's turned upside down. But the firefighter saved a kitten. That's the only positive thing, right? Right. If we take a step back, we can look and maybe try to take more of an objective view. Are we missing out on something else? Can we do everything in our control to keep things moving forward, right? We can't control the news cycle. We can't control politics or a lot of these other major factors that we hear on the news nonstop. So we need to keep things within our locus of control as well. All right. So what's ultra rich strategy number one? Yeah, I would say help fortify your portfolio's defenses. Not all investments respond to the market in the same way, right? Depending on the conditions, certain investments operate in different ways. So let's allocate our portfolio based on our needs. One of our common things that we go through with clients is once you retire, you need to access the money, right? That doesn't mean that all of it should be shoved underneath the mattress on day one of retirement. Because the other reality is you might be retired for 30 plus years as well. So we need to have some in a growth bucket. We need to have some growing for the long term, but also have enough money safe. 
I think last year was a year in particular that a lot of folks maybe were discouraged with a common portfolio structure of uh, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, because both went down at the same time. That 40% in bonds is supposed to be the ballast or the balance to help fortify your finances. Well, you don't want to be losing money from the thing you're supposed to be withdrawing money from. You want to be gaining money there. We may want to look at structuring some income within the first few years of retirement so you know that it's stable. That could even mean something as simple as buying laddered CDs or short duration bonds where you know that the money is going to be coming available and you can use that to spend the money or using tools like annuities to provide guaranteed income over specified amounts of time. That allows you to be patient with the rest of the portfolio and let it fluctuate over time. Can you expand a little bit on the idea of the bucket? So you have one bucket that you're taking your income from. What are the, What is the other bucket that you're talking about? Or yeah, bucket? so we always say there's three buckets. There's one, which is your cash. This is your emergency fund, what you need to go to the grocery store on Saturday, and any short-term large expenses that you see coming up. So if you know you're going to be buying a car in the fall, let's just keep that money in cash. Or you know, it could be money market or even a short-term CD. But that's our cash bucket. So it's liquid, it's safe, we know it's accessible. The next bucket or our second bucket would be our income bucket. So this would be typically our next six to 10 years in retirement of income set aside. Again, here we want it to be stable. We wanna know that we can pull that money out even if the market's down 20% plus. So that could be longer term CDs, could be bonds in there, dividend paying stocks where we're just taking that income and spending that, letting the actual stock fluctuate, or using something like an annuity to help fill that gap over the next six to 10 years. Then we have our growth bucket. Our growth bucket can spill over as we get that growth over the long term to help refill the income and the cash bucket over time. But we need patience there. So last year when the market's down, we don't want to be withdrawing from that growth bucket. We want to be taking it from the income bucket where it's stable and a little bit boring. But those tech stocks that we bought that we were so excited about three years ago that plummeted last year, it would have paid off if we were patient and let those, you know, hopefully recover this year so far. Okay. So I like that. I have money in all these different buckets. Yep. And that allows you to fortify. So again, the, you know, Ultra rich strategy one here is fortify. So build that protection in so you don't have to panic sell. There can be more advanced strategies where you're hedging, buying options, things like that. But in some way, make sure that your income needs, we always say for the next six to 10 years, are pretty well protected. Okay. Hit me with ultra rich strategy number two. Yeah, this would be put your dry powder to good use. So when we think about the market, the best time to invest in the market, Wendy, is when it's down really low, right? And the best time to sell is whenever it's really high, right? And it's so simple. So only do that, right? When the market's down, don't be invested. That doesn't make any sense, right? No one has the crystal ball we can't tell ahead of time. By keeping some dry powder, which in this case could be cash, within your growth portfolio, When the market inevitably takes a dip, whether it's a war in Ukraine, a global pandemic, interest rates rising very quickly, whatever the situation is, you're not necessarily predicting it. You're just saying these things come up. 
being able to buy some stocks on sale. Um, in some of our portfolios, I think during COVID, it was quite easy uh, to, to see that the market panicked because we were in a brand new situation, right? We were all told to stay home. Nobody really knows what's going on. There was the ability to buy really great companies at a big discount as those prices fell. Now, if all your money was in stocks and they all fell, you wouldn't have any dry powder or cash to be buying those on sale. So keeping a small amount in cash, maybe 10% or less of the portfolio, allows you to buy things on sale when they go on sale. Now, that's not to say that we put all of our portfolio in cash and wait for the next catastrophe and invest then, because sometimes that might not happen for 10 years, and then we got zero growth for 10 years. So right. we need to be patient, but keep a little bit of dry powder, and then making sure that we're executing or we're actually doing something to buy when those opportunities do come up. What are some of the questions that we need to ask about, you know, whether we want to do this dry powder part? Yeah. I think the simple thing is how much cash are you comfortable with having for dry powder, right? In general, we say investing is like planting a tree, right? The best time to do it was yesterday. The next best time is today, right? You don't get to enjoy the shade or the fruit from the tree on day one. You need to plan it and be patient. Same thing goes with investments. So we don't want all of our money to be in dry powder, right? We need to actually plant the seed to get the fruit off the tree eventually or the shade. So we wanna be invested, but at the same time, if we can buy things on sale occasionally, we can do that. So general guidance, I would say, never bring any more than 10% in, but this is something to talk about with your investment professional to make sure that it's a plan that you're comfortable with. I think the other conversation there is, what kind of opportunities are good ones for me to benefit from? So what sort of risks or what sort of companies are you passionate about? I had a conversation recently with a new advisor we added to the team talking about Apple stock. When I was in college, it, you needed a MacBook. I mean, that was just the thing. You had to have it, right? The money I spent on a MacBook, if instead I had bought that stock, I could have bought four laptops by the time I finished school, oh, right? Yeah. And now astronomically more if you would have stayed invested over the long right. term. So maybe there's a company that you're passionate about, but it seems a little bit expensive now. Well, we wait for an opportunity like last year when the market pulls back and say, hey, I'd really like to buy some Apple stock next time it goes on sale. Okay. Let's talk about ultra rich strategy number three. Yes, our third strategy here is find advanced tax strategies that work for you. So everyone loves taxes, right, Wendy? Oh, it's my favorite. Tax planning strategies is a wonderful technique that advisors can do to help improve portfolios and the total planning for our clients. For most folks, maybe you've contributed to your IRA or your 401k during your working years. You did that to help reduce your taxes, and that can be a benefit for you. In retirement, there's a lot more you can do as well. Like we've talked about in the past, QCDs, Qualified Charitable Distributions. Once you're 70 and a half, send that money directly to the charities you're contributing to rather than taking it as an itemized deduction. You can save some money there. The ultra-rich are always finding new tax loopholes, right? Oh, so yes. 
learn your situation, work with a financial advisor or tax professional that's able to help guide you there. 529s can be a great advantage as well. We've talked in the past about my parents living in Ohio, now paying state taxes in retirement. If they're contributing to my kids' 529 plans, they can save some tax money there. So that is a great way to help reduce the taxation of their overall plan. Looking at things like Roth conversions as well. If you're in a lower tax bracket for whatever reason this year, then maybe you might be in the next group of years, or once your RMDs start, look at taking some of that money, paying taxes on it today, and making it a tax-free asset in the future. If you're still working, Wendy, and you got excess income coming in, make sure you're maxing out your 401k contributions, so getting as much into your retirement plan as possible. If you have a health savings account, that's another one that's often overlooked. Health savings accounts are phenomenal tax-advantaged accounts that anyone with a high-deductible health insurance plan has access to. You can stock that money away in the account. You can invest it. You don't pay taxes when the money goes in. You don't pay taxes on the growth of the money. And as long as you use it for health expenses, you don't pay money on the way back out. So if you're maximizing those contributions each and every year, you might have a nice little nest egg to use in retirement when inevitably you will have some health expenses. Yes, for sure. Okay, so what are some of the essential questions to ask ourselves about this? Yeah, as I talk through these 529s, QCDs, HSAs, do you think any of these apply to your personal situation? Maybe you just had a new grandchild and you're thinking, oh, you know what, maybe for the holidays this year, I want to put a little bit of money into a college savings plan for my new grandchild, right? This would be a good thing to discuss with your financial professional. Also, look at additional retirement, health savings. Are you maximizing those? If you have extra money that's maybe just sitting in your checking account now, not really earning much, maybe it's better to be contributing to those tax-advantaged accounts and get that tax advantage. You know, I think the other important question is, do you have the financial professional to help with these exact scenarios? You know, we certainly want you to have enough knowledge to to be able to implement strategies, but sometimes sitting down with a professional, looking at it in more detail will really help you realize the best situations that you can take advantage of the tax code. So we're going from ultra-rich strategies to... Wealth stoppers. Yes. These are the ones that are not going to get you further along, Wendy. And I'd say the first one is one that I can't talk about enough. And we already kind of mentioned taking in too much noise. So let's not do that. Let's turn down the noise. Like I said, if you watch the news every day, it is pretty depressing. The whole world's ending and one cat was saved, you know, Uh, not enough good news, sometimes too much bad news. And it, can perpetuate too much worry. Um, For most folks, what we really want to see is instead of going down the rabbit hole of the latest political arguments or whatever it might be, you want to look for emerging trends or things that might help you have a better life and to push things ahead. Um, 
If you go to the internet and do your own searches, you know, what's the problem with that? I, sometimes I can stumble into something that's kind of like a rabbit hole. And is that the problem? Is that when you go to research it yourself, you're still finding other stuff that you shouldn't be messing with in your mind with? Sure. Yeah. I think looking for trends and then trying to figure out how to invest in those trends would be a helpful way to research. What tends to happen is we'll see something. And then once we click on it, we get bombarded with advertisements and the search engines, or if it's social media, the platforms are feeding you what it thinks you want. So I would say the common one is, oh, I'm afraid of inflation. Should I buy gold? If you type that into Google, boy, you're going to get a ton of gold advertisements. And if you read everything there, you might be convinced that you need to put every cent you have in gold. That is not proper diversification, and that won't help you. Um, now, the financial trend that you could invest in is, well, who are all these people selling, storing, and making money off of people buying and selling gold? Maybe you need to invest in those companies. <laughs> you know. So again, taking a step back and not following that emotional trail that many times the news and, and media pushes you into. I gotcha. What if I just follow Warren Buffett on uh, Instagram? I'm not sure what his full social media presence is like. I can tell you most likely if there is one, it's not him posting. But even <laughs> Warren Buffett would tell you, hey, for most folks, buying an index fund or a broadly diversified investment and not paying attention to the news is going to be more beneficial than trying to follow every single trend of you know, Bitcoin is the thing to buy this year. Then the next year it's NFTs, then it's gold. If you're chasing that and allocating all your money to it, it might cause you a lot of problem. What are the essential questions to ask ourselves about this? Yep. I'd say the first one is, are the people I follow truly knowledgeable or are they just confident? Many times, I think social media is a, a, a huge one for this. We see people that are just very confidently saying things. Many times it's not rooted in fact. Um, so be extremely careful. Um, looking for trusted resources always good. People with professional designations or companies that have a well-established track record can always be more helpful than the latest sensation on TikTok, right? I was just telling a story the other day about how I used to do traffic for a living and how I get lost constantly. And, and it's always this big, how can you get lost? You do traffic. I'm like, you don't have to know what you're talking about. You just have to sound like you know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yes. So that's exactly what you're saying. And, and you know, I think there's good general rules of life there, right? If it sounds too easy or too good to be true, it is, right? That's just the reality. Nothing comes without any pain or discomfort, right? Mm. You know, I think the other thing, like we kind of talked about with the algorithms and social media and search feeding you, you know, you need to ask yourself, how much knowledge am I able to pick up from my research? Or do I tend to see the same thing over and over again? If you're not getting dissenting opinions, you're not really getting around or a, a 360 view of whatever the subject matter you're searching is. Wealth stopper number two. Wealth stopper number two is going to be doing it all yourself instead of, ha of having a financial professional uh, to bounce those ideas off of and to kind of work through that. It's great if you know a lot. A lot of our clients are extremely smart 
And they probably could manage a lot of their wealth and financial planning by themselves. But by taking a misstep, let's say they decide a Roth conversion is a great idea for them. And they're really worried about taxes in the future. So they do a huge Roth conversion and then they figure out, oh, no, this is going to cost me more in Medicare two years from now. Or it's causing more of my Social Security to be taxable or my dividends or whatever it might be. Many times they don't have the full picture, even though they can do great research about Roth conversion strategies or one line item. So having a professional or much like with anything, just having a partner in something to be bouncing those ideas off of and fleshing out can be extremely helpful. Financial professionals, or at least the good ones, should be staying up to date on regulation changes and law changes. I think one this year, we've sent out a lot of communications to clients about the changes to RMDs and when you need to start. Well, over the last group of years, it went from 70 and a half to 72 to now 73. And the rules have changed a lot. So if you're not aware of those rule changes, you might make a misstep there. You might be taking out money from an IRA that you didn't have to. So what are the essential questions that you need to ask yourself about this? Yeah, I would say the first one is much like when you're driving your car, Wendy, you need to check those side mirrors and the rear view mirror to see what's happening behind you. By using those mirrors or a financial professional, you're able to see some of those blind spots that you wouldn't see otherwise. If you're just looking straight ahead in the car, you have no clue if someone's flying up behind you and you can't be prepared for that at all. You know, another essential question to ask is how can I learn more about building wealth? So if you're still in that accumulation phase where you're looking at retirement, you really want to be prepared for it, maybe you're five years out or so, where can you learn more? So meeting with a financial professional to get more perspective on the ways you should be saving is certainly an important question and important thing to address. You know, I'd also say asking yourself, is there anything I'm missing out on when it comes to investing? and getting a big bang for my buck. So being efficient with what you are doing. Okay, so let's wrap it all up, Josh. Tell me what the basic conclusion is. Yep, the basic conclusion is if you have questions and you're worried that you might be making a mistake, give Josh Leonard a call, right? <laughs> we will offer a 15-minute discovery call. So if you're talking through these points and you think, you know what, maybe I just need to talk to someone, make sure I'm on the right track. Or, you know, Josh and Wendy were talking about some things that maybe I haven't talked with my financial advisor about. We're here. We'll offer a 15-minute discovery phone call where we can talk through some of these things and, and see if there's an opportunity where we might be able to help you further. For most folks, we need to be patient. We need to take a step back and not do anything in the short term based off of emotion. We need to have facts and build out that proper plan. Wendy, we also put together a landing page that highlights the points that we talked about today. So we'll link that in the show notes. If you want to read through that and think about what we talked about a little bit further, there'll be a link there. From there, you'll also be able to schedule that 15-minute discovery call if interested. All right. Is there a phone number or website that they can visit in addition to that? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can feel free to email me as well at jleonard at leonardadvisorygroup.com. Give our office a call at 412-998-PLAN or check us out on our website at leonardadvisorygroup.com. 
Well, thank you, Josh. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.